The Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show. This is the Tea Health Show with Chris Avon Smith and Dr. Mark Opperman. Sponsored by the Tea Clinic, working through all sorts of fantastic things like erectile dysfunction and wonderful all sexual mark what do we call it all our s- sexual so yeah we issues. do uh, hormone replacement and balancing and sexual functioning but you know at the tea clinic and um is so much more than that so chris it's spring day you know what we have eight spring has sprung eight eight months of um, sun and fun in front of us and um you know what it's the sun that is one of the leading causes of one of the most prevalent cancers um, that we are faced with today. And in the studio, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome an esteemed colleague, renowned plastic and reconstructive surgeon, Mr. Peter Scott. So for you who don't know what a Mr. is, uh, a Mr. is a surgeon that uh, qualified in the UK and you know what the reason they called Mr. is because back in the day they were butchers yeah. <laughs> and, oh. <no. laughs> and Peter welcome good, good morning nice. no, thanks. thanks Mark nice to, nice to be on the show so um, it is it is spring spring yes. day today and um, you know what what a beautiful day the sun is shining this morning at half past six I know I You're was out walking and it was crisp and fresh and um, there were birds stripping everywhere. So, um, skin cancer. Yes. Let's start there. Okay. Well, first of all, let me thank you for inviting me. Say hello to your listeners and to a number of my patients that might be listening into this. Um, skin cancer, uh, South Africa, we have this wonderful climate. We have this wonderful outdoor lifestyle and uh, high incidence of skin cancer. If you live long enough, you're going to get one of them. There are three types of skin cancer prevalent basal cell carcinoma, which is the commonest and probably the least dangerous, squamous cell carcinoma, which occurs a bit later in life, and for the younger people, malignant melanoma. Uh, Just statistically, uh, malignant melanoma represents 3% of all skin cancers and 65% of all deaths from skin cancer. Okay. Sure. So, Peter, it's, it's interesting that you started with basal cell carcinoma. So in, in, in what we know it as BCCs, mm. um, it's, um, it's quite scary to think that it's the fifth most prevalent Type of cancer worldwide. Um, tell us a little bit more, firstly, about actually what is a skin cancer? What causes it? Not before we get to the causes, what is skin cancer? Mm-hmm. Skin cancer is a malignancy of the upper layers of the skin and uh, um, the basal cell is in in the term is the basal layer of the skin squamous cell just uh, goes right and just goes through all the layers of the skin and malignant melanomas uh, arises from the pigment cells okay so if let's let's stop with basal cells because Mm. our listeners out they don't really understand what this is. If we look at the structure of the skin, you have your your layers, and we start from outside going inside. The first layer is your epidermis. Correct. And the epidermis is the actual, what we think of as skin cells. It's that layer of your skin that would peel. Mm. So 
the basal cell is the, at the bottom of that layer, yes. and that's the cell that forms new skin cells yes. that m- migrates upwards, or can I say outwards, and eventually dies off and sloughs away as, you know, what, what you will see in your bed after a, a holiday at the, at the beach. And Am that, I and correct? That, that is about a six-week cycle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you're trying out a skin product, which uh, you're very familiar with, uh, give it two skin cycles before you toss it in the bin. Uh, so that's a good four months. Yes, yes. Three months. Three months. Three, three months. months. Yeah. So, yeah. Three months to whatever treatment you're using to see whether it's effective or not. Yeah. But, and uh, as we get older, Peter, yes. you are a plastic and reconstructive surgeon, but you also have vast experience in aesthetics. As we get older, we slow down that, that process. Am I yes. correct? Yes, and just an interesting, uh, skin is the biggest organ in the body, and it's the bit that stops all the fluid leaking out and uh, keeps us intact. So it's a very important thing, and you have to ration your skin, you have to look after it. It's got to last you a very long time. Okay. Uh, a lot of the damage to the skin is done in the first 20 years of life. So yes. if you're my generation, you probably, and I grew up in Durban, uh, on, on the beach, beach uh, where in we the could water. get about a factor five sunblock was the strongest you could get. If you uh, even bothered. If you bothered. But, uh, and if no you, one you did. Weren't using uh, oil. Yes. yes. <laughs> no one did. I, I remember, you know, what my my tropitone was it tropitone that little yes. baby with well, a with a tropitone. Yeah. Uh, firstly, that smell just transports you to Absolutely. A, um, a, a Durban beach. Uh, you know what? With Grenadella lollies and ice cream. Yeah. Yes. So okay. So the basal basal carcinomas, basal cell carcinomas, yes. come from the bottom of the top layer of the skin. Yes. Um, before we go and recognize these skin cancers because they all basically present in the same way but what is a squamous cell carcinoma and what is a squamous cell? The, the squamous cells are the epidermal cells and uh, it's, it's a cancer that sort of uh, originates there and then just involves the entire layer and penetrates deeply and if detected okay. will spread to the lymph glands so that's, that's one that we have to treat quite aggressively and fortunately it occurs in later stages of life Okay, and then we have the biggie, Mm. um, malignant melanoma. Yes. Now, uh, just as an uh, aside, uh, Cape Town has taken over as the melanoma capital of the world. Australia used to be the melanoma capital and the Gold Coast in particular. Yes, yes. And they've had a whole generation who have been exposed to their slip-slap-slop policy, which is garments, sunblock, avoiding the sun in the midday. And they're seeing the benefits of that program. Uh, We're still looking at Clifton Beach and uh, exposing ourselves. And hopefully uh, hopefully uh, people are getting more and more aware of of, uh, the risks. You know what, uh, Peter, this is one of the reasons why why I decided to ask you to come on to the show. Mm. I, I can remember it was late one evening at six o'clock. We yes. started with a, a surgical rhinoplasty. That's correct. Um, with uh, another colleague of ours, Dr. Chris Neyman, and we were standing in the locker room and um, one of your other colleagues came out after just having uh, d- done a, 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 a excision of a melanoma. And you guys were talking, and what struck me is that the incidence of melanoma and skin cancers are... 
climbing up to 6% per year. Wow. So, you know what? When, when you say that Australia got it right, the rest of the world is oblivious. Um, yes. we, we're living in a place where the earth is getting warmer. You know, but yes, we, uh, what we are doing is, is, is contributing to that. But I think we just passed the solar maximum. Yes. You know, at where yes. every, every 13 years, the sun is at its most intense because it's where we are closest to the sun in, in, uh, our rotation around it. Um, and we just over a, a solar maximum, but you know what? It's going to be another two, three years before we start moving further away and the radiation and intensity of uh, radiation starts decreasing slightly. But then we're also sitting with things like holes in the ozone layer. Correct. correct. Um, so. And uh, people think it's a coast thing. Unfortunately, what we are forgetting is that um, here on the high felt, we are much closer um, to the sun. There's much less um, atmosphere, or can I call it oxygen, whatever, that your UV radiation has to pass through. So the intensity of the exposure that we are getting to UVA, mm. UVB, and ultraviolet, well, ultraviolet rays, um, here in Johannesburg or in the Berg um, is much higher and much more severe than what you get down at the coast. And, and don't forget that UVA goes straight through car windscreens. That's why South Africans tend to have more skin can- cancers on the right side of their face mm. and uh, the right mm. arm. Uh, opposite happens in the USA. Okay, so we we took a look at the three types of cancer. So I think we can basically divide them in melanomas and non-melanomas. And your non-melanomas is the BCCs and um, basal cell carcinomas and SCCs, squamous cell carcinoma. Now, melanoma itself... Malignant melanoma, which is the more deadly one of, yes. of these cancers, is the 19th. And you know what? I don't know where this statistic is still relevant, but it used to be, or might still be, the 19th most prevalent cancer in the world. Yes. But it's one of the only cancers in the world where the incidence is increasing. Yes. Um, how, how do we. As the man in the street, identify, um, I, I might have a problem. Okay, so uh, there are two ways to go about this. Self-examination and going to a medical professional such as a dermatologist. Uh, like going to your dentist, you should see your dermatologist at least once a year from a very young age. Uh, the uh, Australians again have this policy in place and uh, the melanomas that I get to treat that are going a bit wild are ones who defaulted on their annual or biannual medical checkup. And uh, 50 years worth? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, but, uh, you know, to sort of go back a step, you know, what, what are your risk factors? If you fair skin, uh, red head, um, blue eyed, had, had more than two or three severe sunburns in your life, <laughs> which, most, uh, which most of us have had, um, family history of melanoma, there's certainly a genetic marking oh. there, lots of freckles, and 
the other thing is that melanomas, only about 10% of melanomas occur in a pre-existing nevus or mole. Most of them just occur by themselves. They are fairly slow growing in the beginning, and then they accelerate and they penetrate deep very quickly. Okay. So hopefully your uh, dermatologist will work out how aggressive your melanomas are and uh, um, uh, see you on a fairly regular basis. So, Peter, there's two of those symptoms that I would like to, or there are two symptoms that are or, uh, um, pre-existing conditions or causes that I would like to add. The one is radiation. Yes. Radiation yes. therapy for cancers, etc., etc., or people that are exposed to um, Intense radiation from the sun or from devices, and, and we forget devices. Sunbeds. Can we throw sunbeds into the mix? And uh, that most probably should be number one. Yes, yes. And I, I think there are limitations in states about people under the age of 18 using sunbeds. There's certainly, at conferences I've attended, been evidence from the physicists about radiation from, from uh, tanning booths. And uh, I don't know if they've managed to correct it up to now, but it, uh, they found that the dose of UVA was a little bit too intense. And then um, the other one is patients with immune uh, compromise yes. um, oh, really? have a much higher risk mm. of developing um, skin cancers. Now, I, I, re- I didn't know that at all. No. So uh, sure. um, if, we, if we put that in a nutshell, um, your, your two types of cancers, and we'll keep it, I think, from basal cell carcinomas mm. and the melanomas, um, the causes are slightly different. A basal cell carcinoma are usually in patients, and Peter, you as the ex-president of the Melanoma Association would know this much better than me, um, are, are usually seen in patients with long-term chronic sun exposure. Correct. So those are the people that work outside. Um, we see them, I think, a little bit more in men um, yes. because of occupational things that they work outside, farmers, farmers especially. typically uh, construction workers. And they present later on in life. And as you said in your opening, opening statement, all of us will present with one of them in some stage of our lives. It depends when. Now, most of us will die without even knowing that we have one because they're usually fairly slow, slow-growing. Very slow-growing, yes. Okay. Yes. And then your melanoma is something that occurs most probably because of very intense, blistering sunburns early on in life, most most predominantly the burn, not the melanoma, the burn happened in an area that's not usually exposed to the sun. Mm. So chest, back, uh, shoulders, um, you know what I remember, and you know, as I'm sitting here, Scalp my... and uh, people who've... Through the hair. hair. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Wear that hat. I remember... Uh, going on holiday in December's and after day two I had to start um, wearing a t-shirt because I've already blistered mm. and my parents at that time you know what this is I'm not going to say how many 40 years ago um, used to put and I 
don't know if you remember this, Mephilate. Yes, yes, indeed my I do. God, that stuff don't burned <laughs> the living daylights out of you. But Mark, you've got quite a dark skin. I mean, on the Fitzpatrick scale, you, you, you're darker than me, for example. I'm most probably a dark three. Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have put you to two, but three, I'll give you a three. Um, because I have dark hair, mm. um, I have brown eyes, and I tan fairly easily. I don't easily burn. I was much fairer uh, when, when I was younger. Um, so but I'm definitely different. the fairest in my family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Peter, actually, let's, let's go through the Fitzpatrick scale. So let's explain to people mm-hmm. where yes. they are, because it is the lower end of the Fitzpatrick scale before we carry on to our African skins yes. and melanomas and skin cancers there. Mm. But let's... Let, Let's start with a Fitzpatrick okay. one. Well, yeah, you probably know better than I do, but uh, certainly Fitzpatrick one, which is where I fit into with my Scottish heritage, and, and me, yeah. And uh, you know, Scottish and Irish often includes a little bit of Viking, which is a little bit of a side if you do DNA testing. Um, the uh, so uh, these are redhead people, redhead, fair skin, blue freckle. eyes, freckle. Yeah. You know, these are your your typical people that live in those green pastures um, and. Uh, the very Aryan-looking people, I, yes. s- I suppose. We should have stayed in the in the uh, UK and Europe instead of coming to Africa. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And then our Fitzpatrick twos would be blonde, blonde, yes. Okay, yes. That's but blonde, blue eye, brown eye specifically, even green eye. They they get a light honey colour when tan, but you know what? Um, very light. Still burn. Yeah. Your Mediterranean, uh, your skin type threes? As Mediterranean, your Italians. Greek, Italian, Turkish yeah. people. So we, we tend to go brown. Um, don't burn easily, but you know what? You need to be careful. Um, don't usually get freckles, bit of an oily skin. Um, and then we move on to the Fitzpatrick Falls, which you and I both know are the most difficult yes. of all the skin types. Yes. So your Fitzpatrick Falls are? Would that be Northern Indian or Persian, maybe? Okay. Um, but that, that sort of... Uh, that honey goldy honey, color. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So these are people with darker hair, darker eyes. They can sometimes have blue eyes. Why we say that this is the most difficult skin is because of its tendency to pigment. Um, Any kind of scarring, any kind of inflammation would lead to pigmentation and bad pigmentation irregularity. So for us, it's always a very, very difficult skin to to treat. And then we get to Fitzpatrick 5, which is African skin. Yes. But South African 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 skin. As opposed to the Ghanaian, Nigerian, maybe Ethiopian type of Fitzpatrick 6. Which and is very, very, that's the, the Nubian, if we can yes, go back yes. and you're color, yeah. Uh, yes. Peter, one of your, one of your many, many hobbies is that of archaeology and yes. um, well, anthropology. I, I, spent, I spent a year uh, lecturing anatomy for the most amazing guy, uh, Professor Philip Tobias. And he installed, oh, wow, a, how amazing. Uh, and he installed a, while I was lecturing anatomy to medical students, he installed a love of uh, ethnography and uh, archaeology. So I've traveled over most areas in Africa looking at 
heritage of man. It's, it's just a hobby of mine, and uh, in particular, uh, just as an aside, on rock painting and rock engravings. And uh, I did once upon a time publish a short note on the paleo neuropsychology of rock art. You can find it in the digging stick or one of these obscure. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I, quoted I, occasionally. I have it. to be honest, you know, but being in theater, <laughs> trying to focus on anatomy with an encyclopedia next to you <laughs> in, in, in the form of Peter Scott is quite difficult, I can but, tell you that. So, um, Peter, uh, when we look at prevalence of skin cancer, um, you know what we see a slight sex difference, but it's a sex difference that occurs with age. Yes. yes. Am I correct? Yes. So um it's many men I think tend to be a little bit more prone to the the skin cancers. That's it's that's it's interesting that in my reading, and please mm. correct me if I'm wrong, in my reading People younger than 50, the biggest incidence of skin cancer or melanoma, mm. let's, let's classify, yeah, yeah. melanoma is actually in women. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm. So in men older than 65, the incidence of melanoma is twice as high as in women. And the moment that we get up to about 80, that incidence increases to three times as high as that of women. And this, for me, was very interesting. Yes, yes. Why do you think that is? Is it a genetic or is it just the amount of exposure to I the sun? Or physiological. I think Aren't our skin slightly different as yes. well? I think it's genetic. And there was an article a long time ago that a light tan is protective against melanoma. So that's me. Yes. So if you go from, you know, lily white and uh, uh, into sunburn and sort of tanning rapidly over your Christmas holidays, that's a higher risk than the average South African and usually man who might be out cycling or running or that sort of thing who has a bit of a light tan. Just like keep it constant. Keep it constant. So... (laughs) Peter, you and I do some some skin peels. Yes. And um, I always tell my patients, when Chris say, keep it constant. There is a peel that we do, um, and what it does is day one you have a light pink glow. The next day you look like you've been to Saint-Tropez. Yes. The day after... You know, at, when the skin becomes dry and tight and that epidermis starts it starts mm. to slough off before you start peeling, it looks like you've been in Saint-Tropez for the past 40 years. You look like something, ab- something about Mary or Donatella Versace. <laughs> so, um, you know, but, uh, we, we need to be very careful when we say keep it constant. Yes, um, yes. What would be the best way to do that? Because... If we think about tanning enhancers, yes. when we look at melanoma, the actual cancer is that of a melanocyte, the cell that produces pigment. Yes. So if I constantly stimulate these cells through my tanning enhancers or self-tan lotion, am I not... Stimulating the melanocyte, which could lead to a mutation, because that's what cancer is. Uh, I think the jury's still out on that. We're still waiting 
clinical trials on that sort of uh, story. But uh, I would be cautious with that. I think, uh, you know, my policy is have next to your toothbrush and toothpaste, have your factor 50 sunblock. You can get stronger these days. There's some really good, I'm not going to mention brands, but there are some really good sunblocks out there. You know what, actually, Peter, I would like you to mention the brands because I wanted to talk about sunblock. Mm. Maybe we should circle back to these ones because what people don't understand is that not all sunblocks equal. So I will come, we will come back to this one. Um, There is something that we see and I get confronted with, with it in my practice more and more frequently is the injectables, peptides. Yes. To stimulate, um, melatonin. Yes. Yes. Um, or melanin. Yes. Actually, we stimulate melatonin, which then leads to melanin. Am I yes. correct? Yes. yes. Um, I, I, I work closely with some of the leading dermatologists in the country, uh, and I'm blessed to have people like you. What are your thoughts on these injectable peptides? I, I am shall we say sitting in the back seat and you know i tend to with new and new technologies um uh you go through uh, it's a curve that sort of goes upwards and you call it the zealot phase and then you it goes into a deep dive in which you call uh, you know the assessment phase and then you get uh, uh common sense comes into it and the curve flattens out right and uh i i tend to rather wait for that stage so i'm going to let guys like you and they are, are really good dermatologists i work with do that sort of stuff so my my thought about that, and you know what, I always try and make it easy and try and rationalize it. Mm. Again, with melatonin, you're stimulating melanin, yes. which is literally stimulating your the cells, the melanocytes, yes, um, and I think some of the dendritic sites yes. in the skin. Yes. To produce pigment And it's, you know, when you switch that on We don't know whether these products Mm -hmm. Continue to stimulate And a hyperstimulation Mm -hmm. Will lead to some kind of damage to the DNA That's producing the melanin And can cause cancer Yes, we, we don't know at this stage And it might be a very small percentage in the long run And uh um, be, you know, we're going to get a little bit hysterical about it, and uh, it might be a very, very small factor. Okay. But I, th- I think again, uh, you know, it may have been administered by professionals. Uh, you will monitor the patient. Um, dermatologists will look for changes, and uh, you know, to sort of progress a bit. I, I seldom see advanced melanoma. I can treat up to twenty melanomas a month in my practice because of my particular interest in it, and maybe one of those will be. A bit more aggressive and a bit more advanced So this is a big change To what the people, for example, England are seeing Which are advanced melanomas straight out So Mm. in Australia and South Africa We tend to be getting our melanomas very early I've had melanomas referred from hairdressers Physiotherapists, podiatrists You know, everybody out there uh, You know, I don't like the look of that thing on your back And I've, you know, when I'm walking through a shopping centre, and I see somebody with a dark nevus in the back. Do you say something to them or not? <laughs> so it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky situation. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Peter. So how do how do most skin cancers? 
present. Okay, so let's, let's talk about uh, um, the non-melanomas, and you'll present with a persistent non-healing sore, an ulcer that bleeds in the morning, and uh, um, you, you towel down after your shower, and it bleeds, and it carries on and on, and anything that doesn't heal within a few weeks, uh, even with a bit of uh, fusid ointment or Bactrobab, uh, should be seen. Uh, in the early stages, these non-melanoma skin cancers or uh, the pre-cancer stage, which we call keratosis or actinic keratosis sunspot, can be treated with uh, uh, medication, with liquid nitrogen, with uh, a little bit of uh, burning. And this is something that the dermatologists do routinely. Uh, chatting to people like um, uh, you know, worked with a chap called David Presbury for many years. He's joined of <laughs> dermatology. He was my South, dermatologist. South Africa, he's. And, uh, um, you know, David says he, he would be, they would be treating about 90% of skin cancers with this sort of treatment, and about 10% would then be passed on to. Still the liquid suit. nitrogen, the effudix, the. Yes, Aldara. Aldara, Aldara kind of type thing. Okay. And uh, we'll come back to Aldara and melanoma. Uh, okay. The, so, you know, but there's a couple of other treatment modalities that I want to touch on. But um, so let's, let's, let's recap. Your basal cell carcinomas, usually it's a, a lesion um, that's quite um, fragile, if I want to say it. It bleeds, it ulcerates, it doesn't go away. Mm. It's a bit scaly sometimes. Yes, it's yes. crusty. Yes. That's how I noticed mine was yes. exactly that. It got a bit scaly, a bit crusty, mm. etc. And, okay. you know. and it can be just an, uh, a very insidious precancerous lesion. Yes. But, yes. you know, but the biggest thing is the best way to diagnose cancer is just lie naked on your bed and let someone else look at you or stand naked in front of a mirror um, <laughs> and, and, and let someone look at you. You know, but we have beautiful things like mobile devices today that can take photos. Well, uh, uh, two, two, two points here. Uh, a lot of the men that come to me are dragged in by their wives, yeah. mm. um, which is really good, so a family member. But we, uh, quite a long time ago, um, when we were in a meeting in Australia, and that was with David Presbury um, and uh, a few others, uh, they, they brought in a mapping the mole mapping. The mole mapping. Yeah, I, I know Dr. Hilary Carmen. Yes, yes. Um, has one uh, a mole Mo mapping device. Yes. I think um, Dr. Vass, Levy Vass. has. M most most of the dermatologists these days they have the mole dermatoscopy, which is looking yeah. with a magnif illuminated magnifying mm. glass, or they have the mole mapping. Now, with the naked eye, you will only detect a ten percent change in a mole uh, before you get worried. Whereas with the mole mapping, one percent change. And what you're looking for is uh, the ABCD. Sort of uh, okay, so uh, let's go to those uh, ABCDs. A, hopefully, I remembered A asymmetry. Asymmetry. So that is something that has a funny shape to it. Yes. Most most moles or nevi, as we yes, call yes, them, yes. freckles basically, yes. is round. Yes. Or yes. and even shaped. So yes. symmetry, asymmetry. Yes. If it looks funny, take a look at it. Yeah. Uh, B is border, so okay. it's a regular border. So when you mean regular border, you know what? A regular border, we think of a saucer kind of shape. Yes, it's it's yes. it's even, it's round. But the moment that it starts looking like a coastline mm. with lots of little coves, and you have a problem. Take mm. a look at it. 
C is for color. So uh, if it's an E, one I did quite recently was a sort of even brown with a very dark spot in the middle. Mm. So you're looking for a change in color. So it's either very dark or it has a variegated color. But okay, when you say variegated color, this is something colors. with more than one color. Yeah, yeah. But uh, am I correct in saying if, it's, if you've got a very dark spot, it's not necessarily? No, it's not necessarily, but it warrants being looked, looked at. at yeah. okay. and, and often the, 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 the melanomas are often flat and very dark and small. Right. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll do that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all, we're both stripping down here straight after. And D, D is diameter. So, you know, if it's bigger than half a centimeter, you want to okay. uh, look at it. But, um, you know, in the early days, um, I'm going back, uh, 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 but David Presby called it molectomies. The average person could have, have up to 30 moles, and we're not going to take all of them off. And uh, with mole mapping has changed that. And uh, I was involved with David and Rob Vass and Gary Levy in these in the early days when we got these machines. And uh, they would uh, monitor it, and I would cut out the nevus or the melanoma, and the, the machine tended to overread. So, in other words, that's a good yeah, but, feature. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yes, yes. I, I agree. I'd, I'd rather take something away that that might be a problem than miss something yes. that is a problem. Yeah. So, so uh, in the series that I did with them, none none of the neva, uh, none of the melanomas were missed. Okay, and uh, and the only time that we do get escape, as I said earlier, is that when you don't go for your regular checkups. Okay, so we done A B C D, and yes. we still have two E's left. Oh, okay. So um, if it if it's evolving, yes. So if it's changing, okay. and this is the biggest, biggest, and most easy yes. thing to see. Just be aware. Mm. You know what, uh, Chris? You know I talk about this all the time. Testicular carcinoma. Yes. If you are not examining your balls in the shower, you are going to miss something. Yeah. Women have been taught to do breast examinations. Yes. Peter, you you've been involved with reconstructive yes. surgery. Yes. The person who picks up a, a breast lump is either the, the patient themselves when they do an examination or their partners mm. when say, uh, what's that? I didn't feel that before and if you you know if you're just self-aware look at yourself you know just pay a little bit of attention to silly things and the silliest one of all of them I think is just pay attention to your stool okay really Yes, changes in stool mean that there's a change in your bowel habits. Okay. Or if, um, okay, you know, where you're going bleeding in stool, uh, we had, Peter, uh, and I don't know whether you guys are dealing with this, um, we had a very fascinating show with a younger colleague of yourself, yes, yes. Um, Dr. Claudia Duval. Oh, correct. And, yes, you know, yes. Claudia does a lot on anorectal cancer yes. and anorectal cancer screening. And one of the easiest signs of that is you know what when i wipe my bum i have blood mm. Mm. and it's it, you know it, it's it's tiny thing it's tiny things like that be self-aware so the last e and then we'll just quickly recap them and move on is if it's elevated now yes. how 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 much or how many 
of our skin cancers are actually elevated. Well, well the, the basal cells and squamous cells will be elevated just by the nature of them. But uh, melanomas you want to catch before they get elevated because the thickness of the melanoma, um, the word applied to it is Breslau if you want to look at Google. That. Um, you want to get it before it's uh, thicker than one millimeter. Right. And fortunately, most of the melanomas that I get these days are thinner than, than one millimeter. And uh, then the treatment to surgical, cut it out and monitor. Yeah. Uh, once you get over one millimeter thick, then there are various other things we can discuss that uh, that apply. And uh, so, Peter, before we come to the treatments of melanomas, because it's basic or skin cancer, it's most of it's surgical mm. in any case. Mm. Where do we find the most? Skin cancers. We one would think that we we find it most on the face. Yes, uh, face and arms and back. That's uh, well, I've, I've, you know, melanoma can occur in the bowel. It can occur. In the and, eye. and I want you to yeah, stop like, there because, um, you know what. We have non-cutaneous, which mm. means not in the skin, melanomas. And for me, one of the most scary ones, and I don't know how often you guys see this, is a melanoma in the mucous membranes yes. inside, inside the, the mouth. mouth. Inside I've the mouth yeah. and those are, and in the sinuses. And, I mean, if uh, uh, retinal melanomas are really scary, and if you speak to the eye surgeons, we should all be wearing dark glasses the minute we go outside because they can be... Uh, from ultraviolet radiation. Okay. Then ears. Yes. <laughs> People, you know what, I love my my baseball caps because it hides my bald spot. So, but I, you know what, I, I was thinking when I was preparing for the show, um, Dr. Opperman, you very, very seldom yes. put your face cream, which contains my sunblock, on my Just, ears. Yeah. You have to. You have to. I, I uh, see a number of senior golfers with skin cancers involving their ears. And, uh, you know, South African plastic surgeons are experts at slicing and dicing the ear and reconstructing it as, uh, as a result of that. It's um, uh, get, get into that uh, the cricket hat. That that really okay. would work, and I always used to say to my patients in the early days, which are called, uh, you know, wear cricket hat and Alan Donald war paint, which was the uh, <laughs> yeah, that might zinc, <laughs> the zinc on the mouth, and that so that that really that really is a hundred percent block and work. Although we have sunblocks these days that can provide this sort of okay. protection. So, Peter, I want to ask about treatment, okay. and you know what. Uh, here, the best treatment for melanoma is actually, or skin cancer, is mm. early detection. Yes, early detection. And uh, um, to uh, sort of digress, uh, what types of melanoma are there? Because that's sort of quite important in the treatment. And uh, we talk about uh, superficial, uh, well, first of all, melanoma in situ. That's where you want to really get it. That's the very earliest stage. And we can pick this up with mapping. We then go on to superficial spreading melanoma, which is, uh, uh, shall we say, a radial growth. So it's growing across the skin. So those are still very thin. Nodular melanoma is the next one, which is the thicker melanoma. And those 
tend to penetrate deeply quite quickly. And then you can get them in unusual places, subungual melanoma, melanoma involving the nails and the hands. And uh, Under uh, your nail? Under the nail. And these are, unfortunately, people detect these quite late. I can imagine. And is yeah. this also due to sun exposure? It's due to sun exposure. And, uh, uh, you know, this isn't just a, a disease of Fitzpatrick 1. You know, this is where your Fitzpatrick 5 and 6 get involved. And for those who don't know, the late, great Bob Marley uh, started with a subungual melanoma and died of secondaries in the lung. Okay. So there's, uh, there's certainly, uh, it certainly is out there. And the number that I've treated during my time at Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital. Um, and unfortunately, uh, people just think it's a, it's a growth or not important and they present quite late. So this is something to watch. Okay. So... Uh, I th- we we starting to come to the end of the show. I think we have about fifteen minutes left, but there's Just still a lot that I want to discuss. Um, Peter, how does how do how do we how do we become aware of of melanomas? You know, self examination yes. would be key. There's only so many dermatologists in the yes. country um, and it's difficult to get appointments but, but for them. But they're not a very good general practitioners. Yes. And, and uh, they're uh, certainly a number of them in fact enjoy dermatology. They go to the dermatology congresses but uh, you know your family doctor is really your starting point. Okay. And, uh, we, ha- we also are starting to see very nice diagnostic devices. Yes. yes. Um, where we can actually see deeper into the skin it's magnifying we yes. can see color changes mm. we can see whether it's irregular or not and you know what i have i have one of those devices in my practice um and i think a lot of other doctors do we used to use an old witz lamp sometimes yes 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 but now this is a sort of bioluminescence that gives you the 3d picture of a, the architecture of the melanoma and this is something that uh, uh, the mole mapping does they've looked at it it's got blue stripes or brown dots or what they've worked out uh, how aggressive the melanoma they scale it from one to ten um uh we cut out five out of ten the australians might wait to eight out of ten but you know once it's ten out of ten you now so we are basically in what you just said we are basically treating melanomas or skin cancers more aggressively than our australian counterparts well we're uh, a little bit uh, more cautious or maybe uh the australians are uh, go to the dermatologist more regularly, and we're a little bit scared that uh, our that 5 out of 10 it. will become a 10 out of 10 when the patient defaults okay. on their follow-up visit. So am I correct in summing it up as a change in the skin lesions? Yes. A change, any change in the ABCD that we've talked about. Now, step one would be a biopsy. So in other words, a biopsy is where your family doctor or your dermatologist will excise the skin lesion um, and send it for histology. Uh, so that's a punch biopsy uh, uh, usually well, we or an excision for, biopsy? Uh, punch biopsy is okay for the non-melanoma, but for melanoma, you prefer to cut the whole thing out unless it's really big. So cut out a half a centimeter margin at least, or are we no, already no, on a cut, centimeter just margin? Just cut it out 
that, that you've, you've got a reasonable sample to send for histology. Okay. And then they will come back with a report. It's a 13-point report, but the important part about it is, is it ulcerated? How thick is it? How aggressive is it? And then based on that and, again, on, on World Series of uh, you know, following up these patients for years and years, we will either cut out a half a centimeter round for the very early in situ melanomas, okay. a centimeter for the the thinner than one millimeter and then over one millimeter we're then faced with a wider excision and something called sentinel lymph node biopsy this is something that started in melanoma um i had a very interesting meeting with discovery health when we came back from an australian meeting presented because initially it was always thought to be for research but i met with the senior doctors of discovery they looked at the data and they said yes we will uh, so a sentinel lymph node, just yes. explain that to us. Okay, so what what we do with a sentinel lymph node is our um, radioisotope people will inject isotope at the site of the melanoma, and it will then uh, they will then monitor, this say it's on the arm, they will then do a scan, and normally it will go to the axilla to the armpit, and they will pick up which is the most... Likely lymph node. In other words, that first, has been affected yes. or where it would spread yes. That's to. The first lymph node, they might get a second one. Occasionally, I had one on the neck the other day that spread to both armpits. And uh, sure. we, uh, myself and a surgeon by the name of Algo Regali, uh, no, took, no, took from both armpits. And that we sent for analysis. <laughs> and if it comes back clear, it changes the whole. Uh, treatment. Treatment. It means that you are in for uh, long-term monitoring by an oncologist and uh, by the not usually by the surgeon, by, by the dermatologist, and uh, it puts you in a much better state. If it comes back positive, then uh, we get into discussions and the whole aspect. We can talk a little bit about it, but the whole aspect of treatment of more advanced melanoma has changed radically. Um, and maybe I can spend a few minutes just talking about it because I. A few moments. I sat on an expert panel on this, and uh, uh, we have an amazing oncologist here, Dr. Chan, who took over from Daniel Vorobioff, and oh, she, okay. she managed to. Is, uh, she's the head of oncology in the University of Pretoria. Uh, is she? Uh, she's, she's used to be there. Yeah, yeah. She's but she's here. And she's in private practice here. Okay. And uh, she maybe you should get her on the show sometime. She is able to reduce all this complex data into understandable stuff, and. Basically, uh, you can blueprint the DNA or the genetics of your melanoma. There are four genes that are involved, and there are four uh, biological drugs that can interact with that. Okay. Um, I did a preceptorship at the University of Kiel a number of years ago, and their feeling is uh, you can treat advanced melanoma with these very expensive drugs and keep it under control. Okay. So that's, and that's because uh, advanced melanoma, you know, what we knew yes. uh, back in my day when yes. I was studying, if, if it spread, it's tickets. You yes. know, it, it was incredibly difficult to treat. But, but certainly we, we have in my practice and uh, uh, Bernardo Rappaport, uh, I was working with Dana Vorobiev at the time, uh, we had people with advanced melanoma started under the foot, multiple lesions on the leg, and uh, these things melted away with this treatment. Okay, so, so there, there, yeah. there is hope if hope. you can afford it. Yes, uh, well, the medical insurance companies are looking at it and they are paying for it. I, okay. Okay. I don't this know 20 them, years ago. But, uh, and, and certainly breast cancer has gone in that direction now. They just yeah. Mm-hmm. Lymph nodes routinely. Just to uh, go back to 
to a type of, uh, used to be called a Hutchinson's freckle. It's a brown mark on the face, usually in elderly people. And that's something called a Lentago maligna. And uh, a lot you see it in a lot of elderly people. And the treatment for it used to be quite aggressive. And uh, uh, along with, um, uh, I mentioned names, Rob Vass, Gary Levy, and dermatologists like this, we started using Aldara on these and monitoring them with punch biopsy. Not a nice treatment to go through. uh, It looks terrible, but effective. Major excisions and huge skin flaps. um, You can treat it with Aldara and monitor with biopsies. uh, Is this something that you can prevent? Not really. It's uh, it's uh, a lifetime of sun exposure. Okay. So the, well, you can yes, stay out of sun, stay out of sun become a troglodyte. Yes. <laughs> Most uh, people should. But just uh, something else to mention is that uh, the melanomas that you're getting from sun exposure in South Africa and Australia aren't as aggressive as, let's say, the melanoma you'll find on the tummy of an Eskimo. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? It's very interesting. Mm. When I looked at um, which countries have the highest incidence of death, it's Scandinavian yes, countries. Yes. I have a theory about that, and the, the theory is because the people are traveling more, they're going for those short, sharp bursts to mm. the Mediterranean on holiday. They're getting intense sunburns, mm. and and that's why I said earlier the constantness of, of it, where because we're exposed to the sun relatively constantly. Okay. So, Peter, we need to wrap up, and there's two things that I quickly want to discuss. The first one is associated conditions and this blew my mind and when I spoke to you about it earlier uh, you acknowledge the fact that very few people know about this Parkinson's disease is associated with a four time higher incidence of malignant melanoma and vice versa so people with malignant melanoma are four times more likely to develop Parkinson's. Now, what, how that relates, I still don't know. I have a theory that it's got to do with your melanin-dopamine kind of interaction. We know that Parkinson's is associated with lower levels of dopamine, so the connection between the nerve cells aren't great. How... Um, dopamine relates to your oxytocin, melatonin kind of pathways. I still have to go and research. Maybe one of our listeners who are clued up, maybe one of our colleagues can, can tell us that. Yes. But that for me was scary. Yes, that, that, uh, I, I don't know details of it, but certainly that's, uh, that, that's coming up and I, something that uh, we will discuss and look at in a little bit more detail. Okay, so prevention. Yes. Um, Number one, stay out of the sun. Start with your kids. You know, this uh, is what the Australians do so well. Yes, no hat, no sunscreen, no no fun. Mm. Yes, and uh, you know, clothing. Uh, not all clothing is uh, sun resistant. You know, the average bikini is probably a factor four uh, protection. So you know, on which areas, Peter? Uh, well, that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but certainly. Um, uh, to, you know, look at the the sun protective garments. A lot of the hiking clothes, all all the stuff. Mm. I, as you you know, part of my my mad career is sort of doing hiking and met, 
Matsupishi, Patagonia, and funny places. Um, all of my clothing is, uh, is sun protected. It has a, a sun protection factor and the big hat. And, uh, and it's a big hat. And you know what? The Cancer Association have some lovely hats for yes. men and women. Very stylish. You know what? Panama kind of. It's not like the old days where we had those awful. No, 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 because those hats actually don't work. No. Mm. But but you can actually uh, with the kiddies, and I did with my my three. Certainly, is uh, uh, you know you can turn the, the the sun garments into fun. You know they sort of fashion statements on the mm. beach. Uh, they have long sleeve swim swim shirts that they wear, and uh, uh, it's a bit. You know tricky. what? I, I have to be honest. I. Work very hard at hiding my my stomach um, under my man girdle, under my caftan. But you know, it doesn't go down well on the beach. I can tell but, you that. But then uh, the the next thing about it, and I, I know my kids at school. One of the mothers was on suntan duty, sunblock duty, and as the kids went out to play cricket, uh, this was Pridwin, for example, or um, my my daughters were Kingsmead. Uh, one of the mums or one of the, would be in charge of making sure that they had their Everywhere. sunblock on yeah. before they went out. Yeah. So that's uh, you know take take responsibility and, yeah. uh, and especially from kids. I think that's a, yes. because so a lot of us need it's too to, late. You need to teach need kids to that you know yeah. what uh, this is what we it's do. Like, we always put know, a cream on. Uh, you know, if you don't have the seatbelt on, the car doesn't start. Yes, the Australians did this very well. Peter, sunscreen. Yes. Um, we have different sunscreens. Yes. Some of them um, broad filters, which means UVA, UVB. Um, uh, you know, it, these are the things that you buy off a counter at clicks. But yes. then we get better sunscreens. And here I'm starting to think of um, Heliocare, yes. which is available at most practitioners, which has physical Filters, uh, chemical filters, uh, protects against UVA, UVB, infrared yes. light. There's a brilliant new one in the Heliocare range for um, actinic keratosis, people that had some kind of skin cancer. And, and then look at sort of in the cheaper range, Eucerin, that's the Nivea company. Phenomenal, and, phenomenal. And they, they've really gone into sun's locks I in big ways. But yeah. you know what, I just want to say to people, if you think a sunscreen is expensive, don't go and buy your your cosmetic brands they are expensive. Yes. The best sunscreens that are available: Bioderma, maybe Eucerin, uh, Heliocare. None of those sunscreens and cost more than six hundred rand. And don't forget about the lips. I cut lots of the lots mm. of skin cancers off of lips, especially in sportsmen and Pispin. people in Pispin had so, a nice yeah. one, and Blistex also has. Yes, some yes. So, so there's some very good uh, lip lip blocks that you can use. Um, this is the end of our show. Um, yes. Dr. Peter Scott, yes. uh, or shall we call you Mr. Dr. Peter Scott? How do we get hold of you if we need to get hold of you? You're, uh, I'm at Morningside Clinic. Um, I'm on their website. Uh, you can <laughs> Google me. Hopefully you'll get favorable reports. But I, <laughs> I seem to be a committee person. My, I'm on seven committees at the moment, and uh, uh, international and local. And um, I'm very involved in teaching and uh, promoting plastic surgery. Okay. 
Okay. Yep, and colleagues. with us at the T Clinic, you can get hold of us on our website, theteaclinic.com. Um, mm-hmm. Our phone number in Johannesburg with our branches in Umschlanga, um, Limpopo, and um, Mapumalanga. Very easy, 010-824-1393. Chris, it's been a fascinating show. Peter, thank, thank you. you for thank you. Um, hopping up the stairs. Yes. Um, you know what? We had to move you, but we moved you to the best day. Enjoy spring. Be sun savvy. Be aware, take a look at your skin, wear your sunscreen. And is it really spring day today, or are we waiting for the equinox? I would like to call it spring again, day today. Encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> Peter, thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. The Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show.